When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. Thank you to all my listeners for tuning in to today's uh, Precious Metals pep talk. I mean, really, that, that's sometimes what it feels like. I, I Maybe we're more like them when we care to admit, but but I hope I'm not coming on here and giving you a pep talk similar to, to in a similar manner to how a, a CNBC host would be coming on to their show and giving their stock market investors a pep talk on a overhyped, overvalued, Credit and liquidity driven asset. Um, I, I hope I'm got, I'm more so focusing on on facts, focusing on some some very concerning numbers and figures and trends, and and I'm reminding you of of why silver and gold are undervalued right now, and why to stay the course. Um, but maybe we are more like them than we care to admit. It does feel like a pap talk sometimes. I think much of this you guys already know. Maybe not the minute data from day, you know, day to day, week to week, but the overall trends, the overall big picture ideas. A lot of the long term investors, you guys know this stuff. But I myself oftentimes need reminding of it, and and just how incredibly bullish it is for precious metals, but maybe equally important, incredibly bearish for so many other assets including the bond market fiat currency uh, yeah stocks you know maybe real estate etc a lot of these other you know more popular uh asset classes so today uh i want to take some time to talk about debt as well as some other figures but but namely i want to focus on the u.s debt picture now, is the U.S. federal deficit the be-all, end-all of why we're in precious metals or something like that? No. However, for quite some time now, I'm talking, you know, two decades maybe, plus probably longer than that if you look back further. Certainly, there's plenty of bailout programs prior to, you know, the turn of the century. But especially in the last two decades, the, the federal government has been in the business of sort of redistributing debt, and what I mean by that is is when there is debt at some other level of the economy, whether it's the corporate or the consumer sector, um, oftentimes some of that debt will become re, redistributed onto the federal government's balance sheet. You know, for example, I take a, just a basic stimulus program, a, a, a stimulus check. I can guarantee you that there were a large number of Americans that either A, paid off debt with that check, or B, used that check to avoid going into deeper debt. And so overall, you may have may have an overall decrease in uh, the, the consumer debt over that period of time, and certainly a lower level of debt um, relative to what it would have been if you know, the government had not written that check. However, of course, that debt is then just redistributed to the federal government's balance sheet. Now it's their debt to pay, right? Uh, so often that is the case, and I think more and more it's going to be the trend, shifting that debt from the consumer or the corporate balance sheets onto the federal government's debt, and to some extent the Federal Reserve's balance sheet. 
right? And in April, they did this, well, basically at a, a record pace. The U.S. deficit in April was a record high, $738 billion. You know, just to put that in perspective, that is on pace for, gosh, over $8 trillion, maybe $9 trillion. Somebody do the math on this for me. Maybe $9 trillion, $8 trillion, somewhere in that ballpark a year if you were to, you know, put that out for, for a full 12 months. Of course, it probably, hopefully, won't be that high for the next 12 months. We're, we're probably still some number of years away before, you know, we're going to be in that reality. Now, of course, you know, there was a time, though, that a $100 billion deficit in a single month was unheard of. And we've seen plenty of those months in the past, I'm sure. Uh, but still, it's a massive number. You know, if you're, if you're going to do some, you know, just simple math on that, that's what, two over $2,000 for every American, every man, woman, and child, right? The U.S. population is 320-some million, maybe 350 million, somewhere in that ballpark, depending on how many, you know, undocumented individuals or whatever. 350 million, you know, multiply that by 2,000, you end up with what, like 700 billion? Somebody check my math on that. Um, this is a huge increase in debt. And, and of course, as is usually the case in a recession, it's occurred for, for two reasons. First of all, a drop in tax receipts. I mean, the, the U.S. government's just taking in less taxes than usual. And because of an increase in spending to try and stimulate the economy. I think it was Peter Schiff that I was listening to the other day. He's talking about, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not, we're not stimulating the economy. We're, we're funding the economy with this money. And I think maybe a more accurate term right now would be we're financing the economy. Right? We're financing, you know, as is you know, the American way of life, I guess. And, and maybe we've all been guilty of it. Certainly I have been. But financing a standard of living, financing a way of life, in this case, financing an economy that's on life support, right? We're in the ICU on a ventilator right now. And, and it's, it's still up in the air whether or not we're going to be taking off that ventilator. I don't know. Am I getting too controversial to even bring that up right now? A lot of controversy right now about COVID-19 and, and all that. So we won't step into that right now uh let's you know keep our eyes on on the current topic of, of the deficit 738 billion dollars in a month well financed right this isn't stimulus this isn't this is finance i mean we're redistributing debt and debt as a whole when you're adding it to uh, to a larger and larger extent to a system whether it is consumer debt or corporate debt or in this case governmental debt it's it's a tax on the system, not a tax in the literal sense, it, it, taxing to the system. It slows it down. It's like, you know, I've used this analogy in the past. It's like somebody running or like a, like a car with a, a big parachute behind it, like a drag car would use to slow down following a, you know, a quarter mile race. It's like one of those. And, and each time you add another billion or single dollar, really, but a billion dollar or trillion dollar, you know, addition to this deficit, you're, you're increasing the number of square inches of that parachute it's slightly more effective at slowing things down right and that's what we're dealing with right now 738 billion dollars in one month this is a uh, the u.s government actually almost spent almost one trillion dollars this month again that would be on pace for almost 12 trillion dollars on a yearly basis i think 980 billion and they didn't take in a whole lot. Their, their total tax receipts was, I think, less than half of what it usually would be for, for an April or 
year over year. Down to record 54.8%. That's massive decline in tax receipts. I mean, this is this is as bad as it gets, guys. Some, um, let's see here. The cumulative deficit for the last seven months of the year. So the fiscal year started in October. So we're seven months in officially into this new fiscal year after April ended. Uh, the total deficit has now surged to $1.5 trillion over those seven months. So as a reminder, I mean, $1.5 trillion was going to be in the higher range of what the deficit was going to be for the full 12 months, you know, pre-COVID-19 slowdown. We're now at that, you know, $1.5 trillion mark. About seven months in, we still have five months to go, and those five months are going to be incredibly costly. If, if this previous trend is, is any indicator, there's still a ton of spending that the U.S. government has to, to do and, and likely will do over that period of time. For comparison, last year, seven months into the fiscal year, the deficit was about $531 billion, so a little over half a billion or half a trillion. And here we are around one and a half trillion over that same, same time period. Massive increase but but debt is sort of a nominal number it's just a number right ultimately what matters to some extent is is well things like debt to gdp right now this is where it gets tricky because first of all we don't have good gdp well, we probably didn't have good gdp numbers before this we have even worse ones right now it's it's very much a moving target and you know, we have predictions about what quarter two GDP decline will look like. Certainly quarter one was a recession, a recessionary print. I mean, technically you need two quarters. We're in a recession, though. I mean, quarter two is certainly going to be a contraction, just a matter of how large. You know, is it going to be negative 25, negative 30, negative 40, whatever, percent decline in GDP. However, even though I'm bearish on the U.S. economy, and even though I think this is going to be a very, very long, I think, well, recession and, and down period in the U.S. economy, I'm talking maybe 10 years, you know, some sort of a Great Depression, I, I do think that quarter three and quarter four is going to be a pretty significant rebound in GDP. Not on a year-over-year basis, but certainly relative to the previous quarter, because so much is going to be coming back on. Right, it, it might still look like a negative year over year, but eventually, you know, that GDP number is going to start ticking up. And and I'm not, you know, it's it's tough with such I think terrible data on GDP now, and and even once it's it is ultimately released by the government, you know, in what like August, you know, for the quarter two, it's still going to be flawed. And so instead, what I'd rather want to do to to kind of give you a sense of this GDP to debt, debt to GDP number, is to look at where it was prior to this. Look, you know, look at the end of 2019. And, and for reference, at that point in time, the, the debt to GDP ratio was in the ballpark of, you know, 106%, 107%, somewhere around there. Rising, but, you know, not a massive, uh, it's actually a pretty large number. But it's not, you know, compared to where it's going to be, it's, you know, that's where it was. It was bad, okay? I'm not going to mince my words it was bad. Let's let's take some guesses here. How long will it be before GDP returns 
to its you know pre-COVID-19 levels. I know some of you in the back are maybe shouting never, right? But but let's say 12 months. 12 months from now. Okay. Well, how much will debt, how much debt have we will we accumulate between now and then? I mean, for a reminder right now that US debt, US total debt is in the ballpark of 25, 25.1 trillion plus. Okay. So in one year, say three trillion. So twenty-eight trillion. I think it was twenty-one, let's see here. Prior to this, it was a little over twenty-one trillion. The the the, the GDP. So if we're looking at a twenty-eight trillion dollar, you know, total debt, and a year from now the GDP is going to return to where it was prior to all this, we're looking at a debt to GDP level of one hundred and twenty-eight, almost one hundred twenty-nine percent. That's that's huge. Let's say it takes a little bit longer and a little bit more debt. Let's say it doesn't get back to normal until we're at th- uh, thirty trillion. We're looking at a debt to GDP ratio of one hundred and thirty-eight percent. Right? Let's say it doesn't get back to normal to where it was before until early twenty twenty-two. And I don't think that's so outland. I mean, there's a you know, if if I'd be laughed off the stage if I went on CNBC for some crazy reason and said that but i think it's more realistic than some people would care to admit okay so so we're talking about you know one and a half years worth of deficit in a recession you know from from where it is right now let's say we're at seven trillion dollars deficit over that time period so we're at 32 trillion we're looking at debt to gdp debt to gdp ratio of 147 percent you know, it, it gets kind of weird. It's not to say it's not important during a recession what this debt to GDP ratio is, but it gets kind of weird when you have such a massive recession, such huge fluctuations in both debt and GDP, as is the case right now. And we can't get a good picture of what that actual debt to GDP ratio likely is right now in a recessionary environment. But when it's all said and done, we'll we can look back and say, well, you know, GDP has leveled off it's maybe it will never never return to where it was before maybe it will and you know i'm talking in an inflation adjusted terms of course Uh, maybe it will take a year and a half whatever but once it does you know then we can say well okay here you know we're back to where we were at the end of 2020 2019 uh, early 2020 what's the data gdp ratio and and I think it's likely going to be north of 130, north of 140%. You know, we're talking about tacking on at least 20% to our debt to GDP ratio in this time span of a year or two. I mean, I'll remind you, it's taken decades to get to where we are, you know, pre-COVID-19, 106% or whatever, 107%. Took years to get there. I mean, decades to accumulate that. I think, you know, the entire history of our country, maybe you could use, you know, I don't know. You could use World War II, end of World War II, and the repayment of some of the, that debt or something like that as, as sort of a starting point. I don't know. It's taken that long, though, to get to 106 or 107% debt to GDP ratio. And we're going to tack on another 20, 30, 40% in the time period of, you know, 18 months, 24 months, somewhere in that ballpark. 
It's it's nuts, right? And believe me, more spending is is coming. You know, I saw yesterday, yesterday maybe, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi, and I'm not getting um, not getting overly political here, but Nancy Pelosi came on and said, you know, hey, we, uh, you know, here's a new stimulus package, and this was I think a three trillion dollar stimulus package. Um, you know, I can just say it so nonchalantly now, three trillion dollars. Uh, it sounds about right. Right. I mean, that's that's the times we live in. Three trillion dollars. And Mitch McConnell kind of shut it down, basically said it's dead on arrival in the Senate. Senate's not going to deal with it. That may be true, but they're going to do something. You know, maybe it's going to be the Republicans saying, well, three trillion is a little too much, Nancy. How about we look at something more in the ballpark of one point eight trillion? or 2.1 trillion or something like that. And and they're going to alter it. Maybe it's not going to be as much spending on maybe some democratic, you know, pet projects and and funding for whatever museums and parks and whatever. And and maybe it'll be more funding for infrastructure. Yeah. Why not? The military, throw the military in there, right? Maybe uh, another 100 billion dollars from the new space force. Um you can you, maybe we can you know add a lane to every major interstate across the country. We can uh, we can rebuild every bridge. You know, find something to spend the money on. Um, just make sure that it's going to you know quote unquote create jobs and and going to stimulate the economy more than what the Democrats maybe want to do. I think that's ultimately going to happen because well, I mean, guess what? I mean, you know, the other day I from Minnesota, that's where I live. I saw an article about you know Minnesota and our. Report card, that's what they call it, our, our COVID-19 report card in terms of how good Minnesotans are doing in terms of social distancing. And the, the idea behind it was that we were doing better in, you know, in terms of you know, cutting down our travel. And this was from kind of gross cell phone data. I think that's what a lot of it was. Um, but, but now we've kind of eased off a lot of those things. But, but the thing was, was that it was still a massive reduction in, in overall travel. I don't remember the exact percentages, but it was double digit, you know, 20, 30% decline from normal. It wasn't the full, you know, whatever it was, 40 or 50 or 60% decline that it was, you know, at some point in March or, or early April or something, but it's still a massive decline from normal. And I think that's a case really across the board, almost worldwide, across the country, across you know much of Asia and, and certainly Europe, that... And and you can use that to some extent as a uh, see it as representative of you know economic activity, growth or decline, and and when people aren't traveling as much, part of it is they're not consuming as much, and they're not going on vacation as much, and they're not traveling and spending and eating out, et cetera. But part of it is people aren't going to work as much, right? A lot of states are still in this you know state of lockdown or partial lockdown or what have you right and so i mean and and that's that's that means we're still in a massive recessionary environment we're still probably people still losing jobs still getting fired on a daily basis getting laid off filing for unemployment on a daily basis and ultimately what that means is that the economy is still struggling massively and if a trillion dollar two trillion dollar bailout package made sense a month ago, a month and a half ago, then it sure as heck makes just as much sense right now.
for Congress to do that again. That, not my words. Makes sense for Congress, though. Right? We're, we're not even close to out of the woods on this. Right? We, we, I, I honestly believe we still have maybe at, at least another month before you know, all 50 states are, you know, have some sort of reopening plan. L.A. yesterday you know, basically said they're going to extend the stay-at-home order for like three months. Look, I'm not getting political. I'm, I'm not you know, saying it's right or wrong. I'm just, we're dealing with the facts here. And, and it's great to have an opinion, but the facts are what matter in terms of the economic outlook and in terms of what Congress feels they need to do in terms of what the economy is looking like. And of course, factoring into this you know, deficit and whatnot. So more spending is going to come. And, you know, as I've mentioned in previous videos, you know, for the next 12 to 18 months, there's still a lot of spending that hasn't been brought up a whole lot here and there, but a whole lot of spending that the federal government likely will have to do to stave off like a massive, you know, crisis. A whole bunch of bridges that they'll have to cross in terms of state and, and city bailouts that are going to be much, much larger than anything they've done to date. We're not t- talking tens of billions. We're talking probably trillions of dollars. And part of that, yes, will be pension funds. Not saying they have to, but they're going to feel they need to. right? You guys know my stance on this. I'm not going to be for that. But, but they're going to feel that they need to do that. You know, in addition to that, they also have you know, some of their own pension problems to deal with. Um, they're, they're likely to you know, pass at least one or two more massive stimulus bills, you know, probably an infrastructure spending bill, you know, who knows what they're going to do with China over the next 12 to 18 months in terms of, you know, economic or, or political sanctions against them, you know, and, and there are plenty of other things to spend money on, you know, potential loan forgiveness, potential other ways to, you know, swing votes their way in an election season, um, a lot more spending to occur over the next 12 to 18 months. Trillions and trillions of extra spending on top of the normal deficit and on top of just, you know, these next, you know, one to two to three major bailout or stimulus packages. So I guess that's my pep talk for today for those silver and gold stackers out there. I uh, I hope you appreciated today's um, topic. I'd love to hear your thoughts down below in the comment section. Or for those of you in the podcast world, you can certainly leave a review. But also, if you want, shoot me an email at w23matt at gmail.com. As always, though, I'd like to thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast. And God bless.